Hey guys, welcome back to So Floor. I'm your host, Jet, and I'm trying my best, guys, to get these levels correct. I hope I don't sound like I'm speaking out of a din gan, because that's not the case. Podcasting is not for the weak of heart, but listen, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul at this point. Today we are talking about Falcon Crest. Now, Falcon Crest is slowly, and I do mean slowly, pulling its way into my heart. Each episode by itself is a good episode, but it doesn't binge well. And if all you millennials, ever, basically anyone alive today, binging is cultural at this point. And this show is a little bit hard to binge because every episode is its own story. And then there's the subtext of what's going on at Falcon Crest and at Chase's Vineyard, which is the same. It's all on Falcon Crest, but it's like they call the main house Falcon Crest and Chase's is like the Geoburg. So we're going to start with episode eight of... Falcon Crest. On episode eight, Lance is trying to figure out new ways to secure his role as, or his his spot as Angela's heir. She and Cole go to Europe. They go to Italy because there's this wine festival and she wants to enter Falcon Crest. And I guess she's been waiting for a long time to do so. She wants to enter Falcon Crest into this wine contest, knowing that if they win or even if they place, it, it basically it's going to raise the value of the wine that they have at the vineyard. She, of course, leaves Lance in charge, and Lance does something skeezy. He immediately makes a deal with this shady guy about, uh, the guy approaches him, and he's like, listen, I want to buy 500 bottles of Falcon Crest wine, but then I just want to buy some labels so that I can slap it on a cheaper wine, and I'll make profit, and I'll cut you in on it. So Lance agrees. Of course, Lance being Lance, he decides he's going to kill two birds with one stone. He thinks to himself that he's going to take this guy's money, make a profit, tell his grandmother and that she's going to be pleased. But actually what he decides to do is he buys some grapes from Chase and his family that are far too young to be bottled at this point. Everybody knows this, but he does it anyway so that the wine is really, really horrible. And he pawns that off as the Falcon Crest wine. And then he still sends the guy, he gives the guy the labels and it busts. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a scheme all the way around. So he's trying to take out Chase, scam the guy and then please his grandmother all in one foul swoop and make a little money on the side. Now, unbeknownst to him, while in Rome, Angela actually wins this wine contest. So suddenly Falcon Crest, Falcon Crest wine, we're going to just say FC because Falcon Crest is so difficult for me to say sometimes. FC wine is suddenly worth double, maybe even triple the price. So once that's found out, the guy knows it, but Lance isn't doing his due diligence. So he's unaware. So he goes and he pays the guy. He gives him the 500 bottles of bogus wine plus some labels. And the guy's super hyped because he's like, I'm going to make so much more money now. Well, somehow it gets back to, to Lance that FC wine is worth more. And that if people start drinking that bogus wine that he bottled, it's going to ruin everything. So he tries to go back to the guy and get the money back. But of course he can't. Now, I don't remember how, but Chase and Maggie, Chase and Maggie know everything. They are the Scooby-Doo bunch all in and of themselves. They know everything at all times. So they figure it out. And instead of going over there to cuss them out, Chase, with his, Chase is so cute to me. He looks like um, Jacob Underwood from Oatown as a grown man, like a fully grown man. So he goes over there to Lance and he, he doesn't like, he does the right thing. He treats him like a son. He dads him. He sons him. And he's like, listen, kid, don't worry about it. We'll go get the money back. Sure enough, they go and get the money back. End of that story. Now the, the other story going on at the same time is that while in Rome, what's his name? Cole stumbles upon some Gioberti's, some older ones, and they're so happy to see him. So he has a little family reunion while Angela's out. 
doing whatever it is she's doing. And they give him a leather bound book. And what it is, it's a bunch of letters from Che Cole's great grandpa to the family back and forth. And he talks about like there's letters in it for many, many years, like I think up till 1950. So he takes it home, of course, and he shows his family, his mom and dad, Maggie and his sister, Vicky and his dad. And they're looking over it and they start finding these letters where you see that the great grandpa is very, very concerned about Angela, specifically the relationship between Angela and Joseph. Not Joseph, between Angela and Jason. And that's pretty much the end of episode eight. Now, episode nine was a little bit all over the place, but let's go ahead and get started on that. So Angela is very good friends with her ex. He's always over the house. I mean, they have dinner pretty regularly together. And he suddenly is dating other women. And she's a little bit jealous, obviously. So she does what any reasonable woman does. She pretends to be interested in a painter and tells him to come over and paint her portrait just to make her ex-husband jealous. Okay, and Emma keeps slipping in and out of remembering that Jason's dead. She just kind of keeps popping up out of the blue, keeping everyone on their toes, especially Angela. And Vicky, Vicky Giaberti is feeling cramped and trapped at Falcon Crest. She falls asleep at her boyfriend's house, doesn't come home till four in the morning. She gets grounded. She avoids her family by visiting her boyfriend at college. She runs into Lance because they're in San Francisco. She runs into him at an arcade and he talks her into trying to live on her own in San Francisco. Slides her a couple hundred bucks to get her started. Then he sets her up with this actress slash waitress friend. And that friend introduces her to her acting coach, quote unquote. Maggie. Meanwhile, back at FC, Maggie and Chase are looking for Vicky. And Lance finally admits that he dropped her off in San Fran. Maggie and Chase, nine episodes deep are finally starting to notice that Lance and Angela are always in the middle of some sort of mess. All of their, their issues at Falcon Crest are finally starting to notice that they can kind of trace it back to them. Okay, so the acting coach, Michael. Michael wants to give Vicky an acting job. Now, Chase and Maggie are reaching out to everyone they can think of in San Francisco, but nothing comes up. Until they run into this lady at a police station and she tells them that that guy is actually a porn director and he's always changing his name. He's always bouncing around. They've been looking for him for a long time. So obviously Chase finds out where she's at in the nick of time, kicks down the door, saves the day. That's it. That's all for episode nine. I must say that Vicky, if memory serves me correctly, she's still only 17. She's had a full on affair with her teacher and now she's running off and doing all these things. She's not really a, a rough kid, but they're framing her that way. And this makes the show, to me, feel like an after-school episode of, you know, one of those shows. So on episode 10, Emma is back and she is kicking up dust. It's worth noting that the entire family, that's Julia, Lance, and all the Giobertis are starting to question Jason's death. Emma keeps dropping these little tidbits here and there, but they nothing seems to stick. But now she's having these night terrors. So she keeps asking for this guy, Turner Bates, who's also, get this, the father of her unborn child. She ends up tripping or something and a doctor comes over. He does an examination and surprise, surprise, she's pregnant. She's totally pumped about it. Julia's horrified. And Angela is just, I don't really know where she's going to go with this, but she's like, okay, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. We're not going to get rid of him, obviously. But she uses it as leverage to motivate Lance, not to scare him, but to motivate him. It's ridiculous. Maggie does this think piece on vineyard workers, and she decides to interview people from 
from Falcon Crest. She finds out, with the help of an eight-year-old named Esperanza, that a man has been skimming money from all of the workers. He's basically strong-arming them, taking their money, and the guys are starting to quit. Like, people are starting to walk away. They don't want to work there, and Chase is just kind of blindsided by this. He runs it by Angela, and she starts to notice. She's like, yeah, I guess we have lost a few people over the last month or so, but, you know, maybe it's just this time of year. So it turns out that it's this kid named Julio who's worked there. He's worked everywhere and he's basically bullying everyone out of their checks. And Mario finds this out and he confronts him. He's like, listen, if you don't stop doing this, I'm going to report you. You can't keep bullying these people. Well, this gets Mario beaten up for the second time this series. The first time he was stabbed with a broken glass bottle by Lance. And this time he's beat up by these thugs who want to rob these innocent people of their wages. So he's beaten up pretty badly and he doesn't want to say anything. But by the end of the episode, with the help of Gus and of course Chase, the savior, shows up to convince him and he tells, he finally tells the cops who who Julio is. Emma floating in and out of consciousness, remembering that Jason's dead, not remembering that he's dead. Well, she's stumbling into the wine house and Lance is there with her. And so she's, it's, it's, she's triggered when she gets there and she starts going backwards up the steps and she ends up falling off. She ends up falling down the stairs. I don't remember if Lance really pushed her or not, but it appeared to be an accident. She loses the baby, but she takes it off. So starting with episode 11, I noticed that the storyline is thickening up a little bit. There's more than two things going on at once at this one. So episode 11 is about this woman named Elizabeth Bradbury. She is someone that Angela has been visiting for over the last 50 years. She's an obligation, quote unquote, from the past that her father used to visit. Now she does. And she takes Lance with her sometimes. And she used to take Julia with her. So Chase is in his bedroom. And for whatever reason, Gus is there. And Gus remembers that the bedroom was twice the size at one point. And they start banging on the walls. They find these old blueprints and discover that, yeah, he's right. This this wall, this, this room used to be twice the size. Gus remembers going, well, yes, it's probably Jason's old office. So they begin knocking down this wall. He and Maggie, now mind you guys, this would be the wall that their bed butts up against. So they move the bed into the middle of the room and they spend the rest of the episode chiseling away at this wall. So the storyline with Lance this episode is that Angela really wants him to marry the neighboring vineyard, Gretty. Her name is, yeah, Melissa Gretty. He's not interested in her. And as far as I can tell, she's not really that into him. So he decides he's going to run away. He's had it. He runs off. He gets drunk one night. The next day, he's driving down the coast and he he doesn't hit the girl, but he hits her bike. Like she, she manages to get off of her bike. She's having a picnic by herself or something. He hits the bike. Lo and behold, they spend the rest of the week together. They fall madly, madly in love. And it's the best terrible acting I've ever seen in my life. He tells her he's going to buy her a new bike. He just tosses the bike off the cliff and, you know, they spend the rest of their, (laughs) they spend a good deal of the episode in biker shorts at the beach. Okay, so Chase and Maggie and Gus finally work their way into this secret room. And of course, it holds all of these diaries. It holds several different, like tons and tons of letters from Jason, which isn't unusual. We're starting to see a pattern here. We can tell that Jason's father used to write quite a bit and Jason had all those letters that he sent off to Chase. So it's not unusual, but as they start reading them, more and more clues keep popping up about this Elizabeth woman. And it seems as if he was madly, madly, Jason that is, was madly in love with Elizabeth before he met Chase's mother. 
And before the episode's over, we realize that she's she's a paraplegic. She's in a wheelchair because she was hit by a car. And the newspaper article that Chase, Chase's father, Jason, had saved says that they don't know who did it. But he finds this one little corner of a piece of a diary that says, uh, forget you, Angela, and your blue convertible, something like that. So Angela's actually the person that hit her. Chase decides he's going to go and confront her about it. So Angela's got her hands full because she does not want Lance to marry Laura. Laura's a new girl that he brings over. He has to marry Melissa if he wants to inherit Falcon Crest. So once again, Angela's ability to, to politely and cheerfully intimidate everyone around her is remarkable. She tells Lori in not so many words just to go away. And thank God she does because we would get to, we, if she hadn't, we would have never bore witness to the cheesiest breakup goodbye I've ever seen. It was awesome. Horrible acting this episode. But it's, it's so bad, it's good. Okay, so Chase. Chase goes to confront Angela, who's politely sitting at her desk, looking like a grown Shirley Temple. And she she must have known he was coming because she had this huge tape deck in her, or recorder, excuse me, in her desk. She pushes play, and you can hear it's a recording of Jason and Gus talking. And it's a drunk Jason saying that he doesn't have a son and forget Chase. He's glad he's not there. And Chase hears this, and he gets really upset. He runs off. Once he leaves the office, Angela pushes play again, and you can actually hear the next sentence is Gus saying, you don't mean that. And of course, his father didn't mean that. He's like, I love my son. I really need him. I wish he was here. But Angela's just going to sit on that little secret. Okay, so episode 12 is called Family Reunion, and Chase's fabulously wealthy and very chic mother, Jacqueline, shows up to check on Chase and the family. She wants to see for, for herself what's going on at Falcon Crest. Now, she and Angela can't stand each other, but all of Angela's kids really seem to be impressed with her. And this episode is is really, it's shot like an old 40s movie. The music is a little bit different. The flow is different. And I suppose it's because Lana Turner plays Chase's mother, Jacqueline. I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't know who that was. The name kind of sounds familiar. I feel like it's in a song or... There's a reference to her and something else, but she's this really gorgeous woman who feels like Angela had something to do with Jason. She just can't accept it because the Jason she knew, even though she left him, he was like this really cultured, you know, sophisticated man. He spoke all these languages. He was really romantic. He was very much in love with the land. He was a great vineyardist. And so it just doesn't make sense to her that he would become a drunk and drive himself off. Now, Emma keeps blessing us with her presence. She keeps showing up more and more, and she's letting little bits of information slip out. So while Jacqueline is at the family plot, she's saying her goodbyes to Jason when Emma stumbles over and she starts talking to her. And, and Emma says, oh, yeah, I was there when, when Uncle Jason died. And Jacqueline's like, no, 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 he fell off of a cliff. She goes, oh, yeah, that time. But the first time he fell, he just, oh, no, he says, that he looked so peaceful when he died. And that's when Jacqueline is like, well, honey, he fell off of a cliff. How could he look peaceful? She goes, oh, well, not that time, but the other time. Right about this time, Angela shows up and, you know, they're, they're she's gritting through teeth. Jacqueline is the first person who's ever had Angela shook. Like Angela's pressed that she's there and she's one the one person that she can't okey-doke. But Jacqueline only, her, her sole focus is Chase and his family. And she's so rich. She's worth like $63 million, which we know because Angela did her work, her homework. She wanted to know how much money she was worth. And she's, I mean, she's set. So she's a little bit nervous about her giving Chase money. Jacqueline really wants them to move to France with her. And she's like, I'll give you your own vineyard. 
just be careful. She goes off on Angela one good time and she packs her fabulous bags and she leaves. All right, y'all, y'all ready for episode 13? Here it goes. So this episode is a little more political. It begins with the murder of one of the board members for the county who's on the seat. And it, there's an argument about water. I didn't fully write everything down, but basically, whatever. They're controlled by this water that Angela doesn't want going to other vineyards because that's called competition. She ain't trying to hear that. So what happens is this guy breaks into this board member's office and he murders him. He shoots him dead. Now, once the, the town hears about this, sadly, people aren't mourning. They're not putting his face on a t-shirt. They're not like going on social media because 1981. They're not doing all that. But what they decide is like, hmm, he's dead. There's got to be a seat open. Naturally, Chase Giorgetti decides he's going to run for that seat. So the long and short of it is this. Angela is actually behind the scenes. She's a puppeteer. She's a puppet master. She's pulling strings. She had the guy who's dead on the hook so that he always voted in her favor. And her thoughts now were like, if my nephew runs... Whatever, he's in the family. I've got him. I the only way to be on the winning side is to be on both sides. So she, basically she she does her magic and she seduces one dude and then when it comes to Chase, she tries to give him money, but he won't take it. So he's gonna be an honest guy on the the board. Maggie, of course, because like I said before, Maggie and Chase know everything. Maggie is doing a think piece on the murderer, so she interviews him. And he starts telling her that he moved from Iowa or somewhere in middle America. He moved there. He moved from there to California to start a vineyard because he was a farmer. So it was naturally the next step in line. The only thing is when he moves down to California, everything goes wrong. He doesn't have water to water his crops. Nothing is working out perfectly. And he figures out that it's because of Angela. And the guy that he murdered, he felt betrayed by him because you're supposed to represent the people. So he put a foot cap in him, you know what I'm saying? Before it's all said and done, he uh, somehow he ends up in the hospital. And when the cop goes in to bring him his tray, he knocks the cop out. He steals his identity and he goes to Falcon Christ, where he then threatens Angela with a knife. Now, he's holding Angela by the throat with a knife. Lance and Julia are uh, ahead of him, like they're higher up on the stairs. This all happens on the stairwell. And Chase comes in with his beard and his aviator. And he, of course, saves the day, puts everything aside. At the end of the day, Chase runs for the empty seat and he wins. So episode 14 is pretty interesting because this is the episode where Maggie and Julia decide they're going to take Emma to a psychiatrist. They go to a psychiatrist and he determines that... It's not so much that she has a mental state, it's that she's been traumatized and that's why she acts the way she acts. And that if she was given the freedom to be herself, she would absolutely do so. But he feels like she wasn't only traumatized by Jason's death, that she was actually there. Of course, this news is unacceptable to Julia and Angela. And Angela's forced to tell Julia that no, it isn't just that she was there to see Jason's death. She actually killed Jason. Now, Lance is feeling away once again, and he decides to run away to San Francisco where his grandfather runs a paper. He decides to work for him, but it's a little too raw for him. Eventually, he decides it's not for him. Uh, and in this episode, Cole is falling in love with that girl who is supposed to marry Lance, Melissa. He's meeting with her, but Melissa's not the kind of girl who wants to be tied down. She actually has no plans of falling in love. She is entertaining him, though. She gave 
Vicky, Vicky and her go to the same dance class. So she gave Vicky his, uh, her phone number to pass along to Chase. And of course, Chase takes the bait. He's head over heels, not Chase. Oh, Cole takes the bait. He's head over, head over heels. And listed the vineyard guy next door's daughter and, and Cole are actually hitting it off. And Angela happens to see them one day when she's driving along the road. She goes straight to Melissa's father and she basically says, life's not perfect. We could help each other out. Would you rather your daughter date a nobody or someone who's going to inherit my company? So, of course, the, da the dad starts, you know, picking a fight with Cole. She's not allowed to see him, but of course she does. And she sees other men. That's important. Cole is fully aware that she sees other men. Lance knows this and he just doesn't care because she's not his type. Okay. So because Julia took, Julia and Maggie took Emma to the doctor, they both saw how wonderfully like coherent and lucid she was after she came out of the doctors. However, once Julia finds out that she murdered Jason, allegedly, she does, she just starts making excuses as to why it was a horrible idea to Maggie. Like, we can't take her back. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Maggie coerces Emma's father to come into the picture and they try to confront Angela because the father talks to Dr. Benning, who's a psychiatrist, and Angela basically tells him, you know, you need to leave it alone. You haven't been in her life long enough. And unfortunately, the guy drops, passes out right in front of her with a heart attack. So episode 15 is especially tragic because there are two young lives lost. Chase is celebrating six months on the board. So he has this, this party in his house. People come up, they show up, they drink. And I guess the drinking age in 1981 was 18. And one of his colleagues' sons ends up dying by crashing into a lake. And he and his girlfriend pass away. And this really weighs heavy on Cole because Cole and his girlfriend, Melissa, the the vineyard guy's daughter. It was his sister, Vicky and Mario. And the couple that passes away, they were all at the spring house having drinks, doing their thing. And the couple who passes away, they wanted to go to a different cabin, but Cole wanted to spend time with Melissa. So he's just kind of really going through it. He's going through this episode and he talks to his dad about it. His dad takes him to the guy's father have a conversation. The guy's like, listen, my son is stubborn. He would have gotten that car regardless. You can't blame yourself for this. They hug it out. Everything's cool. But on the other hand, there's other things going on. So because Cole is falling for Melissa, who is, you know, the guy, Melissa is who Angela wants Lance to marry. Melissa is actually pregnant. She goes to her gynecologist. He tells her she's pregnant. He asks if she will tell her the father of the baby. And she says she doesn't know. So at the end of the episode, Emma is still floating around, but Emma's really smart now because she showed up to the party that Chase was throwing at his house and she didn't actually go in, but she was dancing outside. You know, she's shaking a tail feather, if you will, on the porch. He goes out to speak to her and, and Chase has been trying for a couple episodes to talk to Emma by himself so he can get to the bottom of his father's death. She's shaking a tail feather outside the window and he comes up to her and she starts to tell him a little something and then Julia comes out. Well, Chase goes in the house and Emma tells Julia, if you don't let me stay at this party, I'm going to tell everybody that I killed him. So Emma is fully mentally aware of everything that's going on and she's starting to use it to her advantage. So at the end of this episode, Lance is trying to make up for the fact that he's run off. He doesn't want to marry Melissa. Angela has him working in the winery. He's like scrubbing the floors and Emma comes up to him and she's like, are you mad at me? And he's like, why would I be mad at you? Why are you mad at me for killing Chase? Or excuse me, are you mad at me for killing Jason? And Lance is like, what are you, what are you talking about? So she tells him the whole story. 
And he loves this because now he has something in his back pocket that he can use to blackmail his grandmother. He goes to Angela and he's like, if you don't keep me on as the heir, I'm going to tell everybody about what really happened to Jason. And she says, well, if you don't marry Melissa, there won't be anything to inherit because everything will go to Chase. So we're going to find out what happens on the last episode. So Falcon Crest has 18 episodes. We have three more. And I have purposely done this to where Dynasty has two more episodes. I'll watch the next episode of Falcon Crest so that we can compare. And then we're going to be a fledgling episode and the season finale of both. So far, I, I have to concede that I can't even say that Falcon Crest is a melodrama. It's just a drama. The storyline is getting better. They've done a really good job of incorporating the backstory after episode nine. You know what I mean? So it's it's like every episode is tied up in a neat little bow. All the problems are resolved. But it's the fact that the Gilbertis are blissfully unaware that Angela is trying to destroy them is always shocking. They know she's shady, but she never actually does anything to harm them. As a matter of fact, on the episodes where she's had an opportunity to destroy them, she never does. And it's like, if she is she protecting the crop? Yes, she is. Because she understands that if they prosper, she will prosper when she takes it over. But on the other hand, she's not actually, she's not keen on anyone harming them. So, so far they're neck and neck. I would have to say to the Falcon Crest, the Falcon Crest fans, episode season one isn't giving me any comparisons. I feel like they're two totally, it's like comparing CSI to Scandal. It's totally, they're two totally different ballparks, but I hope to see you guys on Thursday. We'll talk soon. Have a great week.